0: Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Jordan Paris show. Today we're going to be talking about a cult that is taking over America. It's taken America by storm. It is it has all the hallmark traits of a cult. The leaders are never wrong. Evidence to the contrary doesn't matter. People outside the cult are to be ridiculed and they even have propaganda phrases like follow the science and stay home, save lives and new normal. If you haven't guessed by now, this is the COVID cult, as my guest today, Tom Woods, would describe it. Tom, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Tom,
1: I know who you are, but briefly describe for
0: my listeners who you are.
1: Well, it's hard to do that without sounding like an egomaniac. So, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll just say uh, the host of the Tom Woods Show, which broadcasts five times a week, been doing that for seven years, but I got the audience that listens to that podcast by writing books. Uh, I've, I've written 12 books over the course of my life, uh, two of them New York Times bestsellers. I got my PhD from Columbia University, my undergraduate at Harvard. So I have a lot of establishment credentials, but I, I'm not sure the establishment would, you know, I, I don't get invited to the, the cocktail parties.
0: <laughs> For sure. There's so much I want to talk about today. COVID is what's dominating everyone's life nowadays. So I'm just, I have so many questions that we're going to get to. Let's just start. What do you think when you hear, Follow the science what comes to
1: mind Tom? well and I think if you'd asked me that twenty years ago, I wouldn't have had any particular thought I think I would have thought of Francis Bacon and the the you know the primitive version of the scientific method but today it's everybody I think with a functioning brain recognizes that it's become a propaganda term because it means follow my science follow what I think the science is and right. the, the, the fact that the the same people who tell me to follow the science are also yelling at me. From across the street to wear a mask while I'm jogging, reminds me these people have no business telling anybody to follow science. I mean, I find the most crazy superstition about how the virus spreads from them. I I don't.
0: Okay, Tom, I swear to God, there, there, the paranoia. There must, there are people that just think that must think the virus is just some boogeyman floating around in the air. That's like there. I've seen people wearing masks on, on a, a, a sidewalk corner alone, people jogging with a mask on without anyone with it not even close to them uh, in the suburbs of like Pennsylvania. like I, I, I can't even believe it. and I, I'm from Florida like you. We have the best governor in the world. I think that uh, especially where I am, Naples Fort Myers area, uh, not exactly the capital of hysteria. But I've taken a trip up north to New Jersey and Pennsylvania over the past week. And holy moly, the capital of of hysteria. Incredible. Yeah,
1: no kidding. No kidding. And and remember, these are the follow the science people. Now, Now, for example, the evidence was overwhelming months and months ago that schools and children are not a vector of this virus. This was shown all over the world in a lot of different settings. And the follow the science people were telling us, we better you know, really consider not opening the schools. It's going to be a death trap for everybody. Well, in the U.S., we've had exactly the same outcome that they've had everywhere else, which is that schools are not a vector. Teachers have not had any worse mortality than any other people in any other profession. But these were the listen to the it's The science seems to be whatever panics people, that's the science. Whatever provides hope is not science. Or when it comes to lockdowns, for which there is no science, there is is no history of people recommending lockdowns in the literature as a response to a pandemic. So there is no science of that. But it seems right now, if you had to come up with a scientific rule behind the lockdowns, it would be something like this. Well, we don't really know what we're doing. So how about this? Whatever people enjoy, let's just ban it. Yeah. And whatever causes people pain, let's require that. And that ought to show the virus. That yeah. that seems to be the case.
0: The science says: stay home, remain terrified, question nothing. And the reason I reached out to you, Tom, as uh, you may have seen in my email, is I saw your your twenty minute presentation at the Ron Paul symposium, and there you presented stunning information and data on why lockdowns and mask mandates do not work literally irrefutable proof evidence that that these things do not work yet they they continue to be recommended and let me just i'm gonna direct people to that video you is it at uh TomWoods.com/covid is where all the evidence is. Is there is there a place on your website where the video is? I know it's on YouTube, but that's a threat to be taken down.
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that the video is on that page. TomWoods.com/covid. Okay,
0: wonderful. And you also have a, a, you
1: know, in the presentation and in what
0: we're going to hear today, this is only just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much data and evidence that Tom presents in his ebook. Your Facebook friends are wrong about the lockdown. You can text lockdown to 33444 to get that. I have that really great information in there. Tom, regarding lockdowns, they don't work. Why? What are you seeing in the data that you're finding?
1: Well, first of all, if you're going to call yourself a public health expert, that public health is a holistic thing. It's it's all aspects of, of health. So we wouldn't say that something is a public health measure if it prevents people from, let's say, catching cold, but it drives a nail through their feet, you know? So, I mean, that, that's not really overall health, is it? So likewise, if we concentrate all our firepower on one virus, there are going to be negative consequences that will be staggering. And it will not suffice to say, well, at least we did this one thing Okay, but then you cause nine problems, each of which is worse than the one Right, thing, these right? unintended so, consequences, they don't even think about it. They don't, they don't. And the one time in my life I have ever been fact-checked by Facebook, it was to say, I made the claim that basically none of these authorities even bother to point out that there are drawbacks to lockdowns, which are severe. And the fact-check was, no, the World Health Organization admits this. Yeah, it, and they linked me to an article from October. Yeah, okay. I'll grant you that one. 7 months after destroying everybody's lives, they acknowledge there might be some drawbacks to this and that it might be throwing the third world into, you know, the verge of starvation. Yeah, the world
0: the World Health Organization has has come out and admitted this. Oh, it's, they
1: that's, they've, that's what I heard. well, they've they've said now that lockdowns, you know, have to be a last resort because of the uh, collateral damage caused by them. And even Dr. Fauci finally in October acknowledged there might be some downsides to lockdowns oh you don't say the mental health consequences have been devastating the the new york times even ran an article saying that because of the lockdowns and the disruptions caused by them there will be more than two million excess deaths so above what there would have been otherwise from tuberculosis hiv and malaria over two million people will die unnecessarily of those things and, and I go on and on in that presentation, and, and you'll see some of that at the tomwoods.com slash COVID page. So that would be one aspect of it, is that the consequences are catastrophic. Uh, but secondly, it's it seems to be true what some experts have tried to say all along. In fact, I had Martin Coldorf on my program. He's an infectious disease epidemiologist at Harvard Medical School. And he said that I know there are a lot of, you know, doctors in different subfields who think lockdowns are a good idea, but, well, I talk to infectious disease epidemiologists. Those are my people, and most of us have been against lockdowns. So that's interesting. The -the follow-the-science people are not interested in the consensus of infectious disease epidemiologists. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, they're only interested in the science that confirms what they want to Yeah, and for some reason, they
1: want to believe that ruining your life is the best approach. I think people would want to believe the opposite. Why is it
0: so... Why is it as if people's lives depend on, mis- like, there needs to be a lockdown. There needs to be mask mandates. Like, why are people, as you say
1: in your presentation,
0: allergic to good news?
1: Yeah, I think, well, let me finish the point about Foldorf. Uh, yeah. He says that, of course, what's going to happen, you're not going to eradicate a virus in this way. He says, you can count on one hand how many viruses have been eradicated. So you, you can suppress it temporarily, but it'll just come back. So that's not a long-term strategy because in a, you know, you're causing all kinds of problems. You're causing deaths from other diseases and other, other causes because the hospitals are prioritizing people with this one. And I mean, you can just go on and on and on. Obviously, um, the poorest have the most difficult time. I and mean, obviously, if you're affluent, you can sip your coffee in the comfort of your home office, but that's not a luxury that a lot of people have. And we're Mm -hmm. acting as if those people don't even exist. So he says that, look, ultimately what we need is for, I mean, it is gonna spread. There's there's no way you're gonna stop the spread of a virus like this, you can't. So what you can do is try to limit the kinds of people who get it. So as long as it's gonna spread, make sure the people who get it are the ones who are overwhelmingly likely to recover. There is a 1000 fold difference in mortality in the youngest versus the oldest groups uh, when it comes to this virus. So if you want to make extra provision for the elderly, you should do that. But other people should resume their lives because, well, you know, what are we on this planet for anyway? Not to sit home and stare at the wall all day. Right. So so, so anyways, you
0: stay home, you, you got the lockdown, you get the mask mandate. but you're sitting at home to to do what? Stare at, what's the point?
1: What? Why would you want to, and even elderly people are saying, look, I've got a year or two left, I'll be damned if I'm going to spend it in some windowless room eating cans of navy beans, talking to my grandchildren over Zoom. What kind of a ridiculous dystopia is that? But you're asking, why do people insist on this? Well, I, I bet some of them genuinely think that that's what needs to be done, even though you, know, you, you look at example after example. Look at Florida. Now, Florida should have been a giant graveyard, right? We have the fifth oldest population. We have tourists coming in and out. We have everything you could imagine going against us. And we have a state that is 100% open. There are no restrictions of any kind. It should be a catastrophic disaster in Florida. There should be piles of corpses everywhere I turn. Everything should be a quote super spreader event, which is the midwit word. Uh and, and yet that's not the case. I look at states right right this minute. Blue states uh, anywhere from New Mexico to Illinois to Wisconsin that have pushed lockdowns and restrictions and ruining people's lives, and they're much, much worse, much worse. Or if I look at Belgium over the past month, and I compare it with Sweden over the past month. Over the past month, Sweden, so Sweden's curve looked like this. And then, so deaths, then flat, and then over the past month, a little hill looks like this. Anybody can reproduce that chart on any of these chart-generating sites on the Internet. So here's Sweden looking like this, and we all know Sweden did not lock down. They went like this, and then this little hill. The little hill— People people can't see where audio, so describe, describe. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought because we had the cameras on, <laughs> that was the reason. So it's a big hill like everybody had. Then it goes flat. Then there's a tiny hill. That tiny hill has given ammunition to every panicker and hysteric in the world to say— look at this, Sweden is getting what it deserves finally. Oh, sweet, you can't point to Sweden anymore, whatever. Okay, well, number one, Sweden has just slipped out of the top 25 countries for mortality. So that's going to be tricky to keep that panic button pressed. But the other thing is, if I graph for you Belgium right now, you'll see, again, a huge hill at the beginning, then flat, and a much bigger one right now, much bigger than Sweden. Now, do any of them say, gee, how about that? Huh, the lockdown country is doing worse than the country that didn't lock down. Maybe we ought to rethink it. They never, it must be they didn't comply. It must be, but Sweden didn't comply because there was nothing to comply with. There were a couple of recommendations made, but that was about it. They didn't close their schools. They didn't close businesses and they never had a mask mandate. So what's going on here? And and you don't get an answer. You do not get an answer. I just want to mention the unintended
0: consequences that we were touching on. Namely, depression, suicidal
1: ideation through the roof. Oh, well. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Well, first of all, the suicidal thing, there are a couple things to point out about that. One's very recent. Maybe you saw this headline just within the past week. And this is a headline, by the way, that is unchanged, whether you look at Fox News, CNN, NBC News, they all were running basically the same headline, which was in Japan in the past month, they've had more suicides. Then they had COVID deaths not just that month but all year so suicide is now worse in japan than the entire pandemic then in the united states i have cited a study by an uh, organization for mental health and, and and human well-being on the west coast called the well-being trust and they did a, a study estimating how many so-called deaths of despair excess deaths of despair, deaths of despair yeah. more than you would have had otherwise and that deaths of despair means, of course, suicide, but also alcohol and drug overdoses. And they, they found in their study a lowball figure and a highball figure. And they roughly averaged those figures out to a 75,000 excess uh, deaths. Uh, but then, of course, there are people who don't die, but they have everything that gave their life meaning taken away from them, everything they built, businesses that are now obsolete because of the panic that they poured their lives into that is more than just dollars and cents to them. It it gives their lives meaning. Or older people who aren't allowed to hug their relatives anymore. That's a kind of death. You know, it doesn't show up in the statistics. But when you take away a chunk of what gives people purpose in life, you are taking away a chunk of their life. Yeah, but the science doesn't care about those lives, Tom. And that's another thing. The so-called science, science does not, science in quotation marks, does not answer philosophical questions. And there are philosophical questions here about what should we value and what is human life all about? And obviously, these people have made a value judgment. They think that saving, trying to save people with COVID is more important than those people in the developing world. They've made a judgment call whether they admit it or not. But science can't tell you that. Your Your own philosophical first principles have to tell you what priorities to set and whether you know just whether taking away however many lives from people, however many years of people's lives is worth saving. Another, I mean, there's no science, there's no test tube that's going to have that answer in it. And likewise, it's not like Doctor Fauci took a class in college teaching him. Well, if you lock everybody in their houses, you're going to have a rise in suicides and more cancer deaths than you would have had otherwise because of missed screenings and 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 supply chain disruptions will lead to this much. Starvation. So here's how you balance the one thing against the other. There's yeah. no class that teaches that. These
0: issues are very nuanced. It's not like oh, let me just let me just press a button and the and the exactly and the virus will be over. Let's just, I'll just push the exactly. lockdown button and it's it's way more nuanced than that. Way and more nuanced than that because some society no is a very
1: think. complicated thing. It can't be taken mm-hmm. apart and put back together like tinker toys. But the key thing is it's not like there's some scientist with the answer. No scientist was trained for this. So we have to, as informed moral individuals, yes. make our decisions. Yes, and and, and I believe
0: in that. And, and the problem comes in where the government and and these authoritarian dictators like Emperor Murphy, Emperor Cuomo, and Queen Whitmer are making these decrees of of how and telling us how how we can and cannot live our lives. Like I, I got it, man. Like I'm good. I can I can
1: I can do it and the of course the the key problem here is how many members of the general public are just going along with this and i have to say that that surprised obedient. even me i yeah. i really look, i really uh, thought in the beginning
0: it was okay you know like like we all we i i think oh, i was i was totally cool with following the rules the first couple of months now i'm done playing the game
1: yeah i mean i could imagine if somebody asked me like a real expert trustworthy person saying look we We don't know exactly what we're dealing with, with this virus. And we don't know how lethal it is, but our worst case projections are very, very extreme. So yeah, it probably in the long run, it's not going to make an overall difference in mortality. But if we, if you could just give us a couple of weeks to get our ducks in a row and try and prepare ourselves physically and mentally, it would really help. And if they told me that staying in my house would help do that, I would do that, you know, just because, because I would, in that case, I would just trust them. There aren't months and months and months of evidence to the contrary working against them. In fact, even just the other day, I was very pleasantly surprised to read in Scientific American, uh, just a throwaway sentence saying, well, and as evidence continues to mount that these types of public health interventions, by which they meant lockdowns and masks, don't work as well as advertised, we will now have to. Whoa, wait a minute. Now, even the science is starting to admit that the science doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Well that's something. Let's talk about these, these mask mandates.
0: Right now I'm in New Jersey. I don't have to wear one outside, but you know, this is this New Jersey, Pennsylvania, like I was saying, really the fear and hysteria capital of the world right now. A lot a lot of people are wearing them outside. In fact, I you know, I was at a uh, a little outdoor a big outdoor shopping mall in Pennsylvania last week and and I count, you know, maybe seventy five percent of people wearing masks outside with people nowhere near them. And I and I'm like and I walk into a restaurant and thank I mean thank God at this point they're open in New Jersey. I've spent a good amount of time here this year, unfortunately. And a lot of the time these restaurants have been closed and that sucks. But I go into these restaurants and I walk around, man, and I'm just like I look at I look at all these people wearing masks and I'm wearing a mask and we got to talk to each other with masks on. We can't see our our nose or or, or 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 their mouths, and it's just like I'm 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 embarrassed to be participating in a society like this. I, I'm I'm like I, I this is not a society worth belonging to.
1: Like I don't even want to. I hate this. Yeah.
0: Why are these Why are these mask mandates bullshit?
1: Well, uh, you know, at first I was kind of pro mask. And I also thought maybe the masks are the way out of the hysteria. That maybe we can come out of our houses if we all agree to wear masks. And and I would you, have done that for a little
0: bit. And a, yes, and as you said, if 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 all it took was wearing masks for six weeks, I, I wish that was it. I wish yes, that would have solved. I would the love to do that.
1: I, I mean, yes. But now, now it's like masks are like the new vaccine because the vaccine. Now they're saying even after the vaccine, you still should wear masks and social distance and avoid crowds. In other words, yeah, fuck that. A, avoid all the fun things in your life, which you know, then at this point, I think it's safe to say we've done everything we can do, you know, good luck to everybody, but you had, are not entitled to continue to take years away from people's lives. You're not entitled to do that, especially when, ha- like, in some states, half the deaths are occurring in nursing homes, so they're not affecting average people. And there are ways of protecting nursing homes better. But in terms of the masks, I started to turn against them when I realized that we'd been wearing them. The US is at 88% compliance now, and you know that. You go everywhere you look, people are wearing masks, mm-hmm. even, in, even in ridiculous settings. I, I would think it'd be higher. Yeah, I would. in some places, it probably is higher. And they recently asked, uh, you mentioned Governor Murphy. He was on, I forget which, it might've been Fox News, actually, and they were talking to him about, about this. And they said, well, how come you, you've had a mask mandate since July? What do you think's going on there, that you guys are still having problems? And he did not say what i expected him to say which is well people don't really comply with the mandate we got to get tougher no he was honest he said we have very very high compliance here both indoor and outdoor and so he didn't really Do have, I have an to answer. wear a mask here outdoors i did not even know that I, I don't even who probably in, in a public <laughs> place outdoors you know so sure. who even knows what that means but but the, the but the point is it's not that I, mean, I get that masks alone are not the only thing that they're recommending but I do have the CDC director on record saying that four to six weeks of mask wearing should get the whole thing under control. So that is clearly, clearly disproven by the experience we've had and by the experience of country after country around the world. Uh, the Philippines were the most mask-compliant country in the world, and they had a, a heck of a time. The Hawaii, they don't even have a neighbor for 2,000 miles, and they were heavily masked, and it didn't seem to to, to do anything. So in other words, the my point is simply that the world does not look the way it should if masks do what they say they do. That's the point. The world does not look like that. And I would add that there's a guy on Joe Biden's COVID team named Michael Osterholm, who back in June, before he knew he was going to be on Biden's COVID team, said some things about masks that he's now trying to you know distance himself from and say, oh, no, no, I want you all to wear masks. Yeah, okay at the time he said look I have never in in 40 years of studying influenza which has been my career I've never seen a public health recommendation like this one that has such thin scholarly backing as as universal masking and he said a plus, little cloth on your ma- on your face and he says plus the kinds of masks people he said this he says having this mask on your face is like the analogy he used was closing three of the five doors on your submarine and thinking you're going to keep the water out. The water will just go in the other doors. <laughs> and then he said, or he said, yeah, maybe, That's you funny. know, maybe some droplets, if, if droplets are the way that the thing is transmitted, maybe some droplets get held back by the mask. But apparently it looks like the virus spreads beyond just droplets. But he said, okay, well, maybe it'll do that. But the difference, it, it'll be the difference between you standing in the middle of the road and getting run over by a Mack truck, and you standing in the middle of the road and getting run over by a Ford pickup. I guarantee you you're not going to tell the difference, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. It, it's, so, so for that guy to say that, and, then, of course, then later, oh, I meant to say, okay. So w- when I say the world doesn't look the way it should if these claims about masks were true, one of the things I do in that presentation is I just show graphs of cases. And now, I, uh, cases don't matter. But, you know, if, but for the panickers, cases are everything. So I'm going to I'll fight them on their own ground. So I've got charts of cases in country after country in the U.K. and France and Belgium and Spain and Italy and Germany and Austria and Czech Republic. And Did, all over I
0: was this. I was dying laughing
1: and I so, was screaming. So the, the 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 point of the exercise was to make people guess where do you think on this chart the mask mandate went into effect? So maybe you think it's right at the top and then people put masks on and then the cases came down. And every single time, the placement of where that mask mandate occurred seems entirely random. In case after case, it's random. It doesn't seem to be an explanatory force anywhere. So my question to the mask people would be, what would these charts have to look like before you would start to say, maybe these things don't do anything? And likewise for lockdowns, I I gave the example in my presentation, because if you try to compare one state with another, oh, they already have the excuse factory goes into overdrive on that one. The excuse for that is, well, that state is too different from that other state. So, okay, All right. So I give up trying to compare. I, I was comparing North Carolina and Oklahoma, totally different responses to the crisis, and yet their deaths track each other perfectly. North Carolina ruined a lot more lives than Oklahoma did. So then there'll be some excuse why those two states there okay so how about we look at the same state okay so let's let's go to tennessee we'll look at the same state so i put up four tennessee counties one of which locked down heavily they closed their bars they limited restaurants to 25 percent capacity the others did not and i said now here are their charts on the basis of these charts tell me which one of them engaged in those restrictions and you would have absolutely no idea it would be it would be a coin toss you would have no idea if you have a four-sided coin i guess uh, you would have no idea because yeah. guess what? The charts all look exactly the same. So yeah. my question again would be, what would these charts have to look like for you to say, maybe these interventions don't really work the way I thought they did? Yeah.
0: People got to see these charts, tomwoods.com slash COVID. And if nothing else you watch in that 20 minute presentation, just skip to like minute 11. And that's where he starts showing the charts telling you like really quite comical and, and very sad, very sad, too, that this information is really being shunned. Why do you think this information is, is not in the mainstream? Why is this information shunned? Why is it censored on social media? I don't get it.
1: I don't get it either because they don't censor claims that are over-the-top ridiculous panic claims or no. uh, people who say that schools are dangerous for kids right now. I don't see that being fact-checked. It's entirely one-sided. Anybody who wants to raise any prospect of hope gets fact-checked. So the agenda, there's something bizarre going on here because there is plenty of news that's reasonable to, to look at, that's rational about how adults should handle this situation and ways we can do it that decrease mortality and that protect the vulnerable more effectively. And instead, it's just, anecdotes from hospitals, and half of these anecdotes are clearly fake. Uh, There was one the other day that I think has been exposed as a fake, where the the nurse claimed that his dying words were, this can't be happening, it's fake. Okay, look, absolute guarantee no one ever said that on their deathbed. Absolute guarantee. No way. I mean, uh, these people, they're really bad liars. Okay, I mean, they're they're good uh, misleaders when it comes to data. But in terms of lying, they come up with the stupidest, yeah. most implausible lies. No- Sounds Jesse Smollett-esque. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the other day, there was, a, there was a guy on Twitter with a big following. He's a doctor. And he said, you know, when we were getting him ready in the hospital, we took his shirt off. And then we saw all the Nazi tattoos. Now, again, number of people in America with Nazi tattoos is probably about the number of people recording this podcast right now. I mean, it, the chance that that person would have been on that guy's operating table is about zero. But it's to make him out to be a big hero and look at how selfless I am. I even help people I dislike and this and that. I don't know what it is, but I know that the public health bureaucracy, for some reason, enjoys being in the limelight. Uh, And I know there are people who are just misanthropes who enjoy wielding power over other people. But the main thing seems to be, again, I I don't want to assume bad motives because they assume that I just want everybody to die so I can go get a haircut. I mean, that is so utterly idiotic that, that you would have so little empathy with people suffering from lockdowns that you would think of it that way. I don't want to do that same thing to them. I think some people have just been misled and they're panicked instead of being rational about it. But I think there are people who like to be morally superior to other people.
0: Yes. Oh, of
1: course. And this gives them that opportunity because I wear a mask. And it's you're narcissistic masking. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Your mask is below your nose or you're, you know, you're, or you didn't stay home or you didn't ruin your life or you didn't cancel that event or whatever. And that, that, uh, that makes you a worse person. And, and I'm and so yet, full of great virtue. I'm a, yeah, I'm exactly. I, and by contrast, I'm so much better, even though household spread is way worse than anything else. And they, then they want everybody in their houses. They want the kids back home with the grandparents. None of it even makes sense. I mean, if, if, if you were doing any of the, this with, with sense in mind and trying to protect the vulnerable, you'd do something like the opposite of what these people are doing. Let the young professionals stay home and work from home while the old folks at the grocery store go to work. I mean, okay, that's your strategy? Because the, the, their approach has been just indiscriminate lockdown instead of age-specific, age-specific approach. And even then, it should be, people should be allowed to make their own decisions about what, the, what, they're, what, what risks they're willing to take.
0: Tom, what do you say to the person that—and look, I have a friend who, uh, you know, granted, she's a little bit older than me, but, her, you know, her her dad died. You know, dad was like 75, 80, you know, okay. What do you say to the people—and I have to be mindful of that when I record yeah. podcasts like this and talk like this on social media and talk about this. What do you say to the person that, uh, well, I know someone that was— 45 or 40 years old and and they died cuz there there are those stories. What do you say to that, Tom?
1: Okay. Well, I won't f- probably phrase it in the way I would phrase it if I were actually speaking to some. I'll just tell you the raw data of, of how I would respond. Sure. First of all, nobody is saying that absolutely nobody dies below a certain age. What we are saying is almost nobody dies below a certain age and those people who do die are not the average American. They have generally very severe health issues that they're they're dealing with. That doesn't make their death any easier to take, but it it makes our response a little bit more calibrated, properly calibrated. Uh, So I would say, so if, if if it's a person saying, I know somebody who died, or if it's a person who says, I know somebody who died who was only 45, I would have mostly the same answer, which is, all right, well, I would like to I'd like to minimize death overall here. There's no solution, there's no simple, easy solution uh, where nobody dies. Okay, there just isn't. Uh, and and even if you try some crazy lockdown, th- somebody's going to kill himself because you ruined his life. So there's no way out of this that doesn't so what we have to focus on is harm minimization. And that has to be informed not by our own personal experiences, not by anecdotes, but by the facts. Like, for example, if I had a friend who died of cancer, let's say two years from now, who, who would have lived an extra 20 years if the screening hadn't been canceled, that's going to affect the way I think about public health. I'm going to think that all that matters is not missing cancer screenings. But that although that's important, it's certainly not all that matters. And it's very, very important that we have enough empathy to be able to think not just about our own friends and family, but about the friends and family of other people. Because those are just as important, and their health concerns are just as important, and all the people who have died or will die because of the nine different things that I in, at slash covid I link to my blog post "Death by Lockdown." I got nine different ways people have have died, or their deaths are baked into the cake now because of this. Those people are people too; they're just as human as people who are close to you, and the loss of those people provoked just as much sorrow as your loss provoked. So it's very, very important, even though it's very tempting because of the intensity of the loss, to think that my loss trumps everybody else's. This is one of those times that we have to force ourselves to be empathetic beyond our own circle and understand that all these deaths matter.
0: Sure. At the end of the day, what do you recommend us as individuals do. I mean, because, you know, I walk into a grocery store, I got to wear a mask. If I even just have it not totally over my nose, I get like some guy at Sprouts will be like, yo, dude, like, put your mask up. Can't even get away with that half the time. And, you know, a lot of these big events, you know, aren't being put on and, and, uh, you know, church and, these things only work when other people do them and other people put on these events and it's just not happening. What is there anything that people who are done playing the game can do?
1: Well, um, obviously we can keep trying to spread information to other people, but it's almost like at this point, people have dug in whatever their position is. The apocalypse people and the reality people have just dug in. But there must be some people, it seems to me, who are on the verge of saying, you know, as, as you and I have said, I was willing to do X and Y, but now it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, and, the
0: stakes keep getting moved. Yeah,
1: that's right. Enough's enough. And, and honestly, I don't actually see that when I go out and do something, huge consequences occur or when, when there have been big events. The only way they've been able to, to claim that any mass, I mean, like, for example, that Sturgis motorcycle rally, there was a study claiming that a lot of cases came about because of that. Absolutely none of that had to do with contact tracing. Zero. It was entirely models, so they assume certain things about the virus that are false, and then they extrapolate from that to well, this must have led to a lot of cases. No, look, Florida's death numbers were going like this in the beginning of um, October. They was going, oh, they were going down consistently down, and then Trump had a, a rally on October eighth in uh, Sanford, Florida, and the numbers just kept going down. Death kept going down even to even the wait two weeks nonsense. You wait two weeks, the numbers were still going down. So. That if if the cartoon version of the virus that we're all susceptible to it equally, um, all this stuff, if all that were true, there really there should be piles of corpses everywhere in Florida. There should be. If, if And yet Florida is doing pretty darn well. If Florida weren't doing well, people would be moving out. Instead, they're they're flocking here. Real estate is going crazy. Yes. People thought this was a death trap. They wouldn't move to it. I mean, that's a general rule in real estate, I would say. If something's a death trap, people aren't going to move to it. So there are those people, in other words, who have looked around and said, the world doesn't look the way it should if this thing were the way they describe it. So there are some people who are probably ready to resume. So the thing is, what I've done in Florida is a little different from what other people will do because Florida is so open. But I got a survey in 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 my email from the Dr. Phillips Center, which is a performing arts center in Orlando. And they were saying, "Look, we want to start thinking about reopening, and we want to know how comfortable are you with the following scenarios?" And I just answered, "Super comfortable" to all of Great. them. Great. And you know, open right up. You know, so every survey I get of that nature, I just say, "No, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I, I will take care of my own health. I don't expect other people to look after my health. Um, I, I'm, I'm a responsible adult. I'll take care of my health." Yes. So things like that. But also, in like wherever there are little bits and pieces of civilization, go patronize it so yes. in florida we actually have live music again mm-hmm. in uh, you know in, in the small venues where you know where some niche metal bands might tour so local bands are performing again so go you know be part of that and yeah i, I you probably have to wear a mask okay uh that's because the, the 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 venue owner is terrified and doesn't know what to think and i'm willing to overlook that but that's sort of th- if that's going on let them know that you want these beautiful parts of life back by going and doing them you know and not sitting on the sideline that would be one thing uh, and and if there are demonstrations get out there I mean Europe is putting us to shame we're supposed to be so much better than Europe and we seceded from Europe and we're in favor of Liberty they're the ones filling city uh, squares with with people demanding an end to this craziness not us beautiful what's the moral of the story Tom? live and let live Geez, the moral of the story is you got to be careful who you choose as your so-called experts, because they think that because they're they're knowledgeable about one small sliver of science, that they have all the answers to life itself.
0: If I was misleading, if I was intellectually dishonest, I could have introduced you today as Dr. Tom Woods, because you have a PhD. I'm not going to do that, though. People will believe anyone with a doctor before their name, or a. You could put anyone on TV on CNN with a with some scrubs on, and, or a doctor's jacket or whatever it is, the white jacket,
1: and people will believe him. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Joe Biden did that with a, He had a nutritionist talking about the virus. So this is a guy who never sees patients, but who who's for the for the sake of the ad, he was wearing a white coat, the pens and the the medical equipment, but. It's not who he is at all. So yeah, you. Can I think easily... I know exactly
0: which one you're talking about. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better not mentioned. But so, so anyway, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very good strategist, I have to say, but I feel like little by little, people will start testing the waters, especially because, um, supposing we have Joe Biden, uh, then under a Joe Biden, I, I don't think these public health people can get away with continuing to scream that we have no national plan and. And, and spinning the numbers as pessimistically as possible. They can't keep right. do it. There's no way they can get away with that. Well, then wait a minute. This is the guy you said was going to fix it because he was going to listen to you idiots. There are ways to make the cases go down by just measuring them better, not using, you know, scaling back the PCR testing, the cycle thresholds they're using. Uh, there are various things they can do. And also, these vaccines will come along and then they can say, well, the vaccine. I, I actually think Biden. I, I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, Biden's just going to continue the tyranny for four years. I don't believe that. I actually do not believe that. I don't think he, in the long run, stands to gain from that. What he stands to gain from is to get in and say, you had this guy, you dared to vote for somebody outside the establishment. Look at the fiasco he created. Then I came along and brought the scientists in, and we gave you your lives back. I, mm. I, that is what he wants to be able to say. So what, I, so? so what I think could happen is he he puts into effect a few token measures— the they scale back the crazy apocalyptic rhetoric, and he declares victory.
0: It's definitely a bright side. If he were to become president, I definitely see that happening. The propaganda will certainly, certainly help him out. Tom, this has been a really wonderful conversation. I had fun. Hope you did too. Tomwoods.com/covid is where you can get the video and the references and text. Do yourself a favor and text lockdown to three three four four four. I have it right on my phone. It's like pinned to my home screen on my iPhone. So Tom, thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Jordan Paris Show. Now, if you enjoy today's episode, there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one is, of course, share with your friends and family. I think that they would really appreciate it. Number two, we have a free community, a sensor-free community on Telegram. You can join that group at jordanparis.com group. I'd love to meet you. And lastly, your voice is powerful and it is important. And if you'd like to use your voice and start your own podcast, I'd love to help you out. jordanparis.com course is where you can find my free course on how to become a rock star podcaster. That's all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of The Jordan Paris Show.